G'day, James Kirby. Hi, <laughs> Stan. My name's Stan Steindl, and I'm here with James Kirby to talk once again about compassion from the Compassion Initiative podcast series. And I've got some exciting news, James. Oh, please. I've read a book. <laughs> I was expecting more <laughs> from that beginning. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, no, I've read a book. And um, I hoped that we might be able to talk for a few minutes or just about uh, some of the very interesting ideas uh, that were presented in the book. Um, the book is called The Evolution of Ethics, Human Sociality and the Emergence of Ethical Mindedness. And it's by Blaine Fowers. Uh, and we will have that reference, I think, up on the compassioninitiative.com.au website. But basically, um, Professor Fowers was exploring within that book uh, some of Aristotle's natural ethics. Um, and uh, it was very interesting because even two and a half thousand years ago when Aristotle was, was working, um, he was already understanding ethics a little bit from the point of view of human nature. Mm. And, you know, these days we're looking a lot at the evolutionary science around, um, you know, ethics and virtues and certain um, uh, human activities. But even then he was understanding the, um, the, the very core aspects of human nature that um, kind of meant for a good or, or ethical life. Um, he, he was, Aristotle really saw certain aspects of human activity um, as goods. Um, and uh, when these goods or virtues kind of make up a, a significant you know, proportion of a person's life, then perhaps they're living a, a good life. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, in fact, um, a person you know, might be considered living a, a good life when they're actively living those aspects that are the very best of human nature. So that's, when, when you say good, uh, just thinking in my mind here, um, where you usually do your thinking, um, when he says good, what does he mean by good per se, the very best of human nature? Is, is, that, is that then provided, broken down further? Yeah, so the, the, when he's talking about goods, he's, he's more talking about activities that are goods, so okay. human goods or human virtues. Um, uh, just by way of an analogy, yeah. um, here we are sitting in, in this room here at the University of Queensland, and um, uh, above us is the fluorescent light. So um, what's one thing that springs to mind for you that makes a good light? Uh, it helps me see. It lights up the room. I it suppose. lights up the room. Yeah. It illuminates. <laughs> it does. Um, and that's a, that's kind of like a good light. Uh, actually, these are these seem like good lights to <laughs> me. They they're adequately lighting this room. I also think um, as part of the university's policy, they use environmentally friendly lights as well um, to help with that. Yeah. So there are some some core elements of of what it is 
what what are the very best aspects of a light? Mm. It illuminates and you know hopefully uses not too much you know, power to do so. What would you say are a couple of things that might make a good dog? <laughs> now I know you have a good dog, James. <laughs> um, geez, aren't dogs just inherently good? Um, what's a good dog? Uh, one that's beside you, uh, the company of you know. Um, greets you, um, the companionship is, is, is the part I love the most. Companionship, attentiveness, mm. loyalty, mm. these are some of the things that, you friendliness, know, kindness. friendliness and kindness, they make a, a good dog. And so, you know, the, I guess that from Aristotle's point of view, the same kind of thing applies regarding a good life. You know, it, it, a, a good life is one that's made up of the, the best and most essential aspects of, of human nature. Mm-hmm. And Fowers in, in, the evolution evolution of ethics book argues that really you know we are essentially social creatures and so um, you know examples of the aspects of the best of human nature are things like friendship cooperation trust belonging you know basically our ability to effectively live and work together and and look after one another hmm. so um, it, it, but but he breaks it down a bit more. So so to make sense of this, I guess in a day to day way, which okay. is kind of what you're asking for, Fowers describes how Aristotle had kind of like a, a hierarchy of goods, um, and and there's there's two main considerations. So the first consideration is um, individual versus shared goods. Um, individual goods are things like you know, money or pleasure or property or possessions. Um, they're things that an individual can, exper- can experience on their own. Right. Um, shared goods are things like friendship, for example. Now, friendship is something that can't be experienced unless it's shared with another person. Mm. And so, on the hierarchy of goods, Aristotle might say that actually shared goods are you know, higher order, okay. higher order goods. The second main consideration, and this was a bit tricky for me to get my head around, to be yes. honest, but um, is what he talks about as instrumental versus constitutive goods. Mm. Um, now, in simple terms, instrumental goods are kind of like a means to an end. So, um, the, the means has no particular value in and of itself. It's about okay. achieving the ends. Yeah. And you might take a whole range of ways to achieve that same end. So, for example... Studying at university to get a qualification or to get a job, mm. um, you know, might be a, a, a means to an end. Okay. Constitutive goods are where the means are an end in and of, of themselves. Okay. Um, and do you have an example for that? Yes. Yeah, so, well, actually the same example. So, for, you know, uh, we might actually study at university because we love to study and we love to learn and build upon our knowledge. Right. And it's in fact the study itself which is the um, the, the ends. Uh, and so one of the things about you know goods that are um, the, the, where the means are an end in and of themselves um, is that they're not something that we ever just tick off a list. Mm. You know, they're not something that that are really completed. They're like a value or something. They're like a value, yeah. They're like a value or an ethic or a way of being um, rather than something that's achieved as an outcome. Gotcha. You know, yeah, which is the like more in- instrumental way. More instrumental way is, is something that's achieved as an outcome. Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah, I think quite. I'm getting my head around this slightly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, from Aristotle's point of view, again, um, it would be the constitutive goods that are the higher order goods uh, compared to those that might be more instrumental. So, in, in actual fact, um, the goods that are shared and constitutive are the higher order goods. Ah, so you blend them together. Bring them together. That's Some right. Those that are shared and done for and on behalf of and with other people mm -hmm. and those that are done because they are good in and of themselves mm -hmm. would be the higher order goods. Can you think of a good or a virtue or an ethic that fits that definition, James? Oh, mate. <laughs> you've, got me, you've got me worked in. Uh, I think you tied it up nicely. Uh, compassion might be one. Compassion. <laughs> compassion. And, and I, would, I would put to you that, uh, you know, on the basis of, of some of the stuff that, that Aristotle would describe, that, you know, compassion is the highest ethic. Yes. Does he talk about that in the book? Well, it's interesting because Fowers doesn't so much talk about compassion per se, although he does allude to, um, you know, a, a range of things that, that could certainly be explored, like compassion. Right. Okay. But when we, if we think about Aristotle, um, in in that in those times, they referred more to the word pity, oh, okay. uh, which has kind of taken on slightly different connotations yes, over the years, yes. and and sort of has perhaps moved a bit away from how Aristotle might have thought of it, but, but his defini definition of, of pity really is kind of, I think, what we're talking about when we refer to compassion. I see, I see. Can I ask at this point, um, I've got two things that are going through my mind. Firstly is, this has been a really Australian podcast. You started with G'day, I've used mate a bit. So we are from Australia. Um, but the second part is, what brought you to read this book, Stan? And just wrapping this up, like, what brought you to read it? Mm. Well, the the thing that the that Professor Fowers has done, which has been really helpful for me, is trying to tie together some of the evolutionary science mm. around ethics, but in my mind too, around compassion, mm. with some of the really early or even ancient philosophical analysis of compassion and where it might fit in society. Um, I wasn't going to really talk about it in this particular podcast, but where Aristotle was thinking about these things two and a half thousand years ago in mm. Greece, mm. so too was Buddha, thinking about right. very similar things at around the same time um, in ancient India as well. Mm. That is interesting, isn't it? I mean, this is something which we really could be talking about all day. and We've really been focusing on the really good aspects of human life and what it is meaning to be part of a, a good life. What intrigues me, what is it about the bad stuff then? How does that sort of infiltrate in and get caught up and mixed into that as well? I mean, you've really sort of, uh, you know, started something here. And I'm very interested to read the book. And as Stan said, that book um, and the reference to it will be up on the website that you can access there. And uh, I am intrigued. Well, thank you for letting me just sort of speak my way through trying to understand this um, very, very interesting book. Thanks, James. Well, thank you, Stan. Catch you next time. <laughs>